Coming up on Stu Does America, as the runoff election in Georgia grows closer, it's more important than ever to look at the candidates the left is trying to force down our throats. And you know what? It's just, it's not great. Glenn Beck is here to talk about that in his newest special. And great news for all you Nancy Pelosi fans. She's been reelected as the Speaker of the House. Yay! Uh, but even better news for all you Nancy Pelosi haters. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. Yes, NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. The pens are back on the market. They've been out forever. What an incredible Christmas present for the person you know that hates Nancy Pelosi. I mean, dislikes her policies. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com, an exact replica of the pen she signed the impeachment papers with, except it says sucks after her name. You'll love it while supplies last. And once you got your confirmation of your new Pelosi pen, settle back with some Stu Does America. Watch us on YouTube, Facebook, Pluto TV. Listen to us on podcast. Tell us, even hide outside your neighbor's window and give us a listen if they're fans. Not in Texas, though. That, that has a lot of consequences. Don't do it there. Head to StuDoesAmerica.com right now to get the show. Or if you're better than the rest of the freeloaders out there, uh-huh, yeah, Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 30 bucks. It's a great deal and it won't be around much longer, much like the official Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. The great thing about the internet, of course, is it's forever. So when some bougie leftist politician tells you to put on a mask and then immediately is filmed like an indoor party, maskless, butchering Fiona Apple on karaoke, well, we can make fun of you even harder than we normally do, which is what we're going to do tonight. So let's get to it and do COVID hypocrisy. Stu does America. Sometimes it's best to understand your position in life. For example, you are a nobody, worthless, disposable. Don't feel bad. I'm in the same boat. Our wants and our needs mean nothing. We must only focus on the wants and needs of our betters. It is COVID restrictions for me, but not for thee. You don't get to have your Thanksgiving, but they surely will. You don't get to have your group dinners out, but they surely do. You don't get to get your hair done, but they do. You don't get to send your kids to school, but don't worry, they've got tutors. Today, New York City has announced that as of Thursday, all schools for all kids are closed. 300,000 kids already screwed up enough for having to live in New York City now also can't go to school because the positive test rate had risen above 3%. That is a rate that the United States has never been under since the quarantine and the COVID uh, circumstances all began. Not even for a day. It's never been below 3%. It was only shortly below 3% in New York because Cuomo and de Blasio let the virus ravage the entire society before basically welding people inside of their 200 square foot apartments for six months. And as we approach Thanksgiving, just over a week away, the government is telling you that you can't go see your friends and loved ones. But you know who can do that? Gavin Newsom, of course, governor of California. You see, he's better than you. He gets to go out with his friends, unless, of course, he gets caught, and then we have an edition of Newsom Theater. 
that a few weeks ago, uh, I was asked to go to a friend's 50th birthday, oh. uh, my wife and I, a friend that I've known for almost 20 years, and, oh, okay. uh, and a friend that had, well, put a lot of time and energy into his 50th birthday. It was in Napa, which was in the orange status, relatively loose compared to some other counties. Uh, it was to be an outdoor uh, uh, restaurant. Okay, all right, well you, you have to stay home. But this was a birthday party. He's known the friend for a long time. Give the guy a break. We all make mistakes, right? And remember, he was outside. Except Fox 11 obtained photos of the incident, and it sure doesn't look like it was outside. Huh, look at that. Seems like, you know, he's inside. You know, given the fact that it seems to be fully enclosed by glass, I'd call that inside. Now, in theory, this room can be open to the outside. Town & Country magazine ran a spread. I know, I'm a subscriber. On this restaurant a couple of years ago, and this appears to be the table Newsom and his friends were sitting at. And as you can kind of see here, and I'll explain this for those on podcast, you can see the open-air possibilities of this particular room. You can see it's theoretically possible that one side of the room would lead to the outside. Of course, it has a roof and walls on three sides. But apparently, Newsom and crew were so loud that the doors were shut and he was not outside after all. Of course, this not only means he's a hypocrite, it also means he's a liar, which teaches us absolutely nothing new about Gavin Newsom. But don't worry, he's sorry. I want to apologize to you uh, because I need to preach and practice, not just preach and not practice. And I've done my best to do that. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Uh, we are all human and we all do fall short sometimes. Sometimes we all sleep with the wives of our campaign managers while we're running for mayor of San Francisco. Happens to the best of us, you know, even to people like Gavin Newsom. But don't worry, he's sorry. Take a seat on that newspaper over there, you know, and allow Gavin to grab his raincoat and put on a little Huey Lewis and the news and their undisputed masterpiece, Hip to be Square. Now, if you think comparing Gavin Newsom to Patrick Bateman, the lead character in American Psycho, is a bit much. First of all, they look almost identical. But let me be clear. This elitist crap literally kills people. A lot more than Patrick Bateman. It does. When you turn the lives of your constituents into a living hell, for eight months, and then go out and break all of your own rules at the French Laundry, people understandably say, screw you to your precautions. You don't care about them. Why should I? You clearly don't mean this stuff. Why should I listen to it? Amazingly, it wasn't just Gavin Newsom and his friends, who, by the way, have wives that Gavin Newsom is definitely not sleeping with. Guess who the friends who were there with him were? California Medical Association officials were among the guests seated next to Governor Gavin Newsom at a top California political operative's opulent birthday dinner at the French Laundry. How can anyone take this stuff seriously? When people in leadership positions and medical professionals do stuff like this, people stop listening to them. The virus spreads further and more people die. But at least if you're going to risk all of that, at least you're doing it. At the French Laundry, where you can get some Applewood smoked Wolf Ranch white, 
white quail? I mean, that sounds delicious. With yam puree and glazed parsnips, or hand-rolled ricotta and ang- one of those things, anglonati, with white truffles for only $175. What a bargain. Or perhaps you'd rather have the Broken Arrow Ranch Antelope with honey poached cranberries or the Japanese Wagyu beef and broccoli with dry aged brisket for only a hundred bucks. And don't forget that exotic appetizer that is for some reason in quotes on the menu of the restaurant as if it's something fancy you wouldn't understand. Bread and butter. (laughs) This country has asked a lot of its citizens in 2020. They've asked us to stay inside, not see our relatives, let our economy implode. And we did our best to do what we could for a long time. But ask anyone today why they no longer can play along with this stuff anymore, and they'll run down a grand list of Gavin Newsom's. Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, maskless in a crowd with a bullhorn. Chris Cuomo leaving quarantine and running around town maskless. Nancy Pelosi getting her hair did without a mask on. You can't go to your relative's funeral, but Democrats can sure pack a church for John Lewis's funeral. You can't go out to protest to get your business open, but if you want to burn down a city to honor black lives or celebrate Joe Biden, then yeah, completely fine. The COVID numbers are getting ugly again, but the American people are tired. But it's not COVID fatigue, it's hypocrisy fatigue. And apparently, hypocrisy is a lot harder to cure than the pandemic itself. So, uh, do you remember the quarantine? Remember how we were all inside? Now all the gyms are starting to shut down again. I know that's a huge, huge issue for all of us because we're just gym rats. Well, now that that's all happening, maybe again, You don't want to let the COVID-19 pounds come back on you. Fast Blast uh, is the way to make sure that that does not happen. And Fast Blast does this in a different way with intermittent fasting. If you've never done this before, it might be a little intimidating. I think when I first heard about it, I was thinking, "Mm, I don't know if I could even do that. I don't have any self-control whatsoever. Fast Blast knows that a lot of people are like us and we don't have self-control. So they have uh, launched a new app called Fasten, F-A-S-T-E-N. I love this. This It's a free app. You can get it on your phone right now. Go ahead. Download it. I'll wait. Uh, Go get it downloaded. It monitors your weight loss. It tracks your hydration. Your mood can be tracked. And it kind of gamifies weight loss. Gives you like a little countdown clock to the next time you're eating. Uh, Look, even I could do it. It's it's that easy. Uh, We always tell you to do your own homework. You got to make sure this is right for you. I think it might be, though, because if you're like me, I hate trying to, to cut out a few calories here and there and lose a couple of pounds over months after month after month. I want to see that scale move like every day. And when you're doing Fast Blast, that's what you see. It's different. You feel like you're accomplishing something, and that makes you want to do it even more. Fasten is the place to go. F-A-S-T-E-N. That's the app. Or you can just go to fastblast.com slash blaze. Fastblast.com slash blaze. You can get the app there. You can get smoothies there. You can get all the stuff there, all the information. Fastblast.com slash blaze. I'm joined once again by Glenn Beck. His newest special airs tonight, immediately following this program at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to stay tuned tonight. Battleground Georgia, the radical Democrats who will transform America. Glenn, thanks for stopping in. It's kind of a scary thing. I mean, this this election is going to come down. The, The country, 
is going to come down to two politicians that most of America has never heard of. Uh, well, I heard of the chicken. Pardon me? Purdue chicken. They've heard of Purdue. Yes. But that's it. Yeah. So it's going to come down to two candidates for which one does America pick? It is being looked at as a national election because it is. It is everything hangs in the balance. I know. I remember that happens in 2021. And we keep saying, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. We may regret that. Um, oh, I told you <laughs> in 2019. Yeah. Stop saying that. Uh, have you thought at all about just how this plays out? I mean, we're all going to have our Thanksgiving coming up that we're not supposed to see anybody at. And we come back for a couple of light weeks as hopefully, you know, things go through the process. Go, take off for a Christmas break. After New Year's, we come back on that Monday. That's the day before this election. I mean, there is this is going to hit every American right in the face. And Georgia is certainly going to get hit with a lot of ads and they're going to be very aware of this. But I think mm-hmm. the American people are going to be shocked into, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a woke state that they don't necessarily uh, predict. Um, I think if this goes poorly for the Republicans, uh, they are going to be very woke and forced to be woke. And it's not going to end well. It's just not going to end well. Uh, on the other hand, if it goes well for the Republicans, you are going to have protest because I think you're going to have it anyway. If Joe Biden isn't the most progressive, do everything uh, candidate or president, they'll riot in the streets. I mean, you talked about this back when Barack Obama was president. That uh-huh. if he doesn't do what they want, they're going to rise up. Now he did a lot of what they wanted. Uh, but he wasn't. But he, they, he, they didn't rise up. They took it. They took it. But they didn't. They didn't support him anymore. It was. We a, saw that in the primary. Yeah, everyone was denouncing him and his policies. Right. Very. And he was booed on stage um, recently uh, from progressives. Mm. Um, he became too milk toasty. And if <laughs> Joe, amazing. I know. If Joe Biden does that. Uh, I mean, they're already talking about rioting in the streets. They believe, the hard left, the BLMs, the Antifa, they believe that they were the ones that got him elected. And they want their due. The labor unions are exactly the same. He'll give it to the labor unions, which will be bad enough for business. Mm. Uh, the show tonight, we don't have to go into all the details, but quickly on Warnock. He's the, one of the guys running in Georgia. Uh, has this preacher sort of... Uh, he's a Jeremiah Wright. Is he that? Is it that far? He's not that far, but he's not far. He's in the same tree. Maybe not the same nest, but he's on the same branch. Mm. Um, he is. Um, he won't denounce Jeremiah Wright. He talks about socialism and repent from whiteness. Uh, all of these things that Jeremiah Wright said. Um, but he's... He's trying to tone it down now because I'm sure the pressure is on him. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. But fortunately, there's tape of him saying all these crazy things in his church, and we will show them tonight. Yeah. Is there there something that bothers you at all about bringing cameras into a church and taking moments from inside a service— and using them in a political race no not when you uh see what he's saying about jesus um 
it's an interesting story he is woven in yeah. his head about Jesus. Um, not when he's talking about read the Bible. It tells you socialism is from God. I don't know what Bible you're reading from. No. But mine doesn't say that. We're still in Bible country. We're here. still We're in still Bible, Bible country. country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 deja vu all over yeah. again. Uh, it's interesting because we we see the left very upset that people are looking at at, uh, at Warnock's speeches from when he was or sermons when he was in uh, in church. But on the other side of that, you see uh, the the left totally willing to go after Madison Cawthorn. Um, the congressman we've had on the show a couple of times mm-hmm. because he made this argument that, you know, like, uh, yeah, like we try to convert people from other religions into our religion, which is, you know, not all that foreign to for what Christianity. is a missionary. Right. I mean, that's pretty clear. Go out, convert, bring souls to Jesus. If you don't like it, that's OK. But that's what that is. Yeah, you know, Pendulata had the ultimate answer on this. He did. Uh, you remember it. He scolded me. He did. He did. I thought I was being really deferential to him mm-hmm. because he knows my faith. And um, and I never approach him because I know I know he's read the Bible. I know he's done his homework. I don't agree with his conclusion. He's an atheist. He's an atheist. Or agnostic. I think or... he's going agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is... Um, uh, he's not a guy who, you know, I'm going to say something profound to him and say, hey, you know, you should come into the waters of baptism with me. I know he's an intelligent man and we've talked about God and everything else, but I've never said. Your soul is at stake. And right. Can I baptize you? And he actually said to the me, com- the actual come to Jesus. talk. Right. The actual yeah. come to Jesus talk. <laughs> yeah. And he said to me, I'm kind of hurt because do I not? Do you not care enough about me to give me that speech? I'm not going to accept it, but shouldn't you be giving me that speech? I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad for not giving you the speech. It's bad when I mean, it, when an agnostic is a better religious person than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he was just he was asking. You're not consistent, mm-hmm. and that's you he's know? obsessed with that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, it's, it's an interesting idea that if, if you believe your soul's at stake, if you believe eternity is at stake, if you believe these are the real answers, why wouldn't you be talking to everyone you know about it? And it is, it is a challenging, it's a great challenge to, to a Christian or any religious person to, to be thinking well, I just, more in those terms. I just love the fact that the liberals can't handle someone saying, hey, uh, I want to tell you about Jesus. And, you know, baptism is up to you. Um, they have great offense to that, but strap on a suicide belt mm. or go into a go into a a, a a political cartoonist and shoot everybody or blow them up for Mo, for Mohammed and for Allah. I guess that's cool. I guess that's okay. And, and I would even add, surround someone eating dinner on the sidewalk and tell them to raise their fist in the air. That sort of uh, convincing is totally okay. It's not convincing. It's not. It is, it is submit. Mm-hmm. That's all this whole movement is about. What is Islam? Submit. Submit. And there is a good submit to God. You know, I know my place. I know his place. I will submit. There's another that is based in fear. That's not the good submit. So how do you balance these things? Like, because we, there's these two things that are going on, I think, in conservative, on the conservative, you know, sort of political end of this, which is 
we have uh, a, a real battle here when it comes to politics. I mean, you have to fight with every inch of you to be able to win, to even get an election counted correctly, let alone to win one. And at the same time, you know, a lot, you go back to someone like a, a Bonhoeffer, right, who's coming out and he's saying, you know, he's standing for principle at any cost, win or lose. Uh, and sometimes you do lose when you stand for principle. Other times you feel like you might need to break some rules to win. How do you balance those things? That was Bonhoeffer's problem. Um, Bonhoeffer didn't, he was uh, uh, a, um, what do you call it? Uh, passive, uh, pacifist. Mm -hmm. And um, he would not resort to violence. And he kept saying, Gandhi is right. Gandhi is right. Gandhi has the right idea. What he missed was that the Judeo-Christian um, ethic and love had already been chased out of Germany. Mm. So he had no other choice. It wasn't going to work on the Germans. They had already lost that. Gandhi was working that Judeo-Christian ethic of peace to England, not to the Indians, to, in, to, to England, because he knew that was alive and part of the culture. It has always been alive and part of our culture. Once that dies out, then you are in deep, deep trouble mm. and you're faced with what do you do like Bonhoeffer was. He eventually said, we have to resort to violence because it's the only thing that will stop it now. Sort of like a fire, like if you're trying to keep it going, you might add some wood to it. But once it burns out, it's never going to start again. At least uh, you're going to have to take extreme measures at that point. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so or fight fire with fire. If it's so huge, you, you're putting water on it and water on it. But when it becomes out of control, it might be better to start a fire in another direction, get it blow so it burns itself out. Because I think, you know, obviously when you're talking about Hitler, it, it's easier to make uh, decisions, certainly in retrospect, when he doesn't have a gun to your head about what you need to do, which is basically no, at any that, cost. That is the point of never forget. Yeah. You can't. It's not never forget what happened there. It's okay. That's important. But what were the steps that got people there? If you only remember the end result, you'll be surprised. You'll be like, holy cow, look where we are. Yeah. It's a long road to the death camp. And it's a frequently traveled road by many nations. There are clear signs, and we're exhibiting many of them, the early signs. Now, it doesn't mean it goes that way. It just means turn around, turn around. Don't go farther down that road. Turn around, take a left, take a right. Don't go keep going in the same direction, because there's nothing but death camps down that road. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and that is, so it has to be thought of. You have to think about that, and you have to think about that long-term you know, process, which is going all the time. I was thinking, it reminded me of, of something our friend Josh Hammer uh, tweeted last week or so. And he said uh, oh, something like the old, old, the old right was lose with dignity. And the new right is fight every single step of the way. And I looked at that. And I was like, you know, it's, it's, and Josh is a really smart guy. And I love Josh. Um, but it was an interesting way of kind of just delineating it. I mean, I, I want both of those things. I, if we lose, I want to lose with dignity. And I want to fight with every last piece, but I also want to fight with dignity. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes we're, these lines get crossed and mangled where we justify a win, which is usually, de- you know, delineated in a short-term political victory of some sort. Um, and what what a win is in a longer-term sense, the way Bonhoeffer thought of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in, a, in a long-term, mm-hmm. eternal, principled stance. And I find that to be, I think everybody finds this to be very difficult to balance at this I, point. It, what's sad about this is no one wants to think about the long-term ramifications of doing nothing or not fighting or not winning. Mm. They, they'll say things like, we'll lose our country. But have you really thought about what that means? Um, I got an email from somebody last night close to me who said, um, boy, so-and-so really is upset at you. This is somebody I'm close to, really upset, because they just think you're a fear monger. And I said, what? why? Why do they feel that way? Because you're bringing up all this bad stuff that may not happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's what, you're, that's what a rational person should do, is look at all of the pieces and say, what does this mean? What are the probabilities? The probabilities are getting um, more and more heavy towards a bad outcome than a good one. We're not going in the right direction. We're going in the wrong mm-hmm. direction. And it's, it's not fear that you should be motivated by. If you are prepared for any eventuality, then you can be part of the solution. It's only when you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening, that you're freaking out. It's why, it's why the Lord told Daniel, Isaiah, Paul, all of these people, here's what's coming, here's what it's going to look like at the end. Why did he say that? To freak people out? or to get you to prepare so you were able to stand and face it. You knew, I'm going to go through these things if I'm alive during that time, and here's how it ends. It gives you great hope. I'm actually, I mean, it's weird, but I actually am beginning to believe that we are in the latter days. I mean, I know I go to the Church of Jesus Christ of the latter days, but that I do believe that this may be the generation that sees Christ's return. That actually, when I embrace that over the summer, because I I talked to some scholars and everything else, religious scholars, and and I thought, that's a real possibility. Um, That actually gave me a lot of hope, because I was like, okay, I see how it's resolved. It's going to be a nightmare. I don't even know if I make it. But I see how it's going to be resolved. Right now, we don't have a how is this resolved. Nobody knows. Do we go to war? Do we become... I mean, I was thinking this the other day, Stu. Hmm. Should we leave the United States? At some point, should conservatives think about leaving and going someplace else? Because if it got really... If it went down the traditional really dark road... We're going to be the one, Christians, conservatives, we will be the ones that are in the re-education camps. I don't want to be in a re-education camp. Should we leave the country at some point? Is that even an, it's never been an option for me. But now I'm thinking, should we? It's not now. Is there a line that you cross, that the country crosses where you're like, I think we should actually get out of here. I mean, there's a, a. I mean, again, this is down a, a long, long road, and I know you're talking deep into the future. But I mean, there was a moment where there's a lot of very patriotic 
German citizens, uh, Jews that should have probably left earlier. Yeah. And a lot of and other patriotic people yeah. that just didn't g- that agree just with Nazis yeah. that that should have gotten out. Well, uh, uh, let me we'll come back on the show. We'll talk about citizenship by investment. You can buy your way into all these different countries. I've got a whole plan. We can I'm, go through. I'm willing to look at it. <laughs> all right. I don't think you're going to be covering that tonight, but you're going to have a mm. great show tonight yeah. on on the fight uh, in Georgia, Battleground Georgia, the radical Democrats Critical. who will transform America. I, I can't wait to hear to see this because I know you've done a deep dive on this, and I really want to. I don't know these guys that well because we were watching the whole Senate. I didn't Senate. know them at all. We're going to go in and we're going to really, uh, this is going to be great. Yep. Hopefully we can do some more of this on radio as well. Yep. Uh, don't don't forget to watch tonight, uh, right after this program, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew. Uh, that's how you know uh, that they, you know, they, they, they like this stupid show. We know that. But also, you'll save 30 freaking bucks. Quality goes in before the name goes on. That's, that's true, I think. We'll see. Uh, back in a second. <laughs> We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Enemies of the state. The Stew Does America, Nancy Pelosi Sucks commemorative pen is back in stock. Proudly display your disappointment in the Speaker of the House and order yours today at NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. Yes, they are back. I have one in my hand right now. They've been out of stock for a very long time, but they are back just in time for Christmas or Kwanzaa. You can get one now, uh, NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. I'm fascinated at one of the clips in that promo because we did that promo a while ago and I hadn't heard it in a while and I just... Just realize what she said. She said the domestic enemies to our voting system. I thought it was Trump and Republicans who were the people that were tearing down our democracy. Seems like they were saying all the same things before. But I guess because they think it turned out the right way for them. I guess now everything's okay. Fascinating to watch it happen. By the way, Nancy Pelosi uh, did go and have a a, a positive day. And any day that Nancy Pelosi has that's positive, of course, is negative for everyone else. Uh, She uh, she wound up getting reelected to serve as House Democrats leader that preserves her role as the key Democratic player in Congress and solidifying her power alongside a future Biden administration. Pelosi's reelection, which took place remotely via voice vote, sets her up to be reelected as speaker in January and follow, follows a disappointing election for House Democrats who lost several seats, undercutting the party's major gains from the 2018 midterms. I'm actually pretty surprised by this. I'm surprised there was not uh, a pushback by someone else uh, inside the party. Remember, 15 Democrats voted against her uh, to be reelected uh, in the speaker in the House uh, last time uh, when she when, you know, the Democrats took over. Uh, the House in 2018 and 19, uh, 15 Democrats, centrists mainly, uh, voted against her, which is interesting because they'd only need a few to vote against her this time to make sure that she was not speaker. I mean, the, the margin is so small. And under her leadership, they lost House seats, uh, which was a shocking surprise. I will say out of all the things that happened in the election, that's the one I was you know, most surprised on. I thought, you know, maybe a couple of seats, but they lost a bunch. 
And to see them uh, only with a tiny majority with the, you know, uh, as we go forward here in the next few years. And usually, uh, you know, depending on what happens here, of course, but Biden, if he's the president of the United States and he loses uh, he, or he's two years into his administration, usually what happens is that party loses seats. So they're in serious trouble. She's shown nothing. What has she shown here? I mean, she took. Uh, the last couple of years, which should have been this, you know, this should have been a good thing as they come in to, uh, to, to take D Donald Trump on. I know the Democrats were expecting to pick up all these seats. What did they do? They lost seats. She's shown nothing here. And she still gets rewarded. That has been her entire life. Showing nothing and being rewarded for basically incompetence. Uh, so Nancy Pelosi looks like she's going to be back in there. I want to give you this, too. Um, speaking of the election and the way they're, you know, they're still going through this whole legal pr proceeding. We've been following it. We've been following. Uh, we did a segment on it yesterday, uh, looking at all the cases that are kind of out there and bubbling under. We'll see. Look, Trump's got to prove uh, the campaign. It's their job to come up with this evidence. It's not an easy role. You know, I mean, a lot of people talk about all the fraud that that happened and they have to produce evidence to win in court to get that to stick. And it's tough because, I mean, like, look, if if all this fraud did happen, you're depending on the same system to try to overturn that fraud. It's not going to be easy task. I think everybody uh, recognizes that. Um, but one of the narratives that has come out of this is the demeaning of Republicans, because a bunch of Republicans think this wasn't legit. This wasn't legit. Did Biden win because the election was rigged? Well, a new poll shows uh, that about half of 52 percent of Republicans say Trump rightfully won the election. And the media is kind of beating up on Republicans saying like, oh, do you believe these people? Uh, you know, Biden clearly won this election and Republicans won't accept it. They're all conspiracy theorists. I thought it would be uh, valuable, though, to look back a little bit and to see, uh, you know, kind of the opposite side of this coin. Go back to 2018. Now, this is two years after the election. The question is, did Russia tamper with vote tallies in order to get Donald Trump elected president? And think about the construction of this, uh, this uh, question before we reveal what the Democrats actually said. This is a situation, this is well beyond what Russiagate was. This is well beyond even the accusations made uh, by, let's say, the Mueller uh, report. The Mueller report didn't say Russia changed the tallies of votes. Uh, you know, there were some allegations there, but really there wasn't much. I mean, there wasn't even anything in uh, this report of note. Uh, but they never even accused them of changing the vote tallies. They didn't break into voting machines and change the vote tallies. There's no evidence of that. There's never been evidence of that. So the question is, did Russia tamper with vote tallies in order to get Donald Trump elected? This is in 2018, 66% of Democrats said yes. 66%. Now, to excuse the average Democrat here for just a little bit, they were beat up by the media telling them these things every single day for multiple years. So I'm not surprised some of them believed it, but that is far further down the conspiracy road uh, than, uh, than you can accuse Republicans of. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's 66, it's two thirds of Democrats believed like Vladimir Putin is on his iPad hacking into voting machines and changing the numbers so that Donald Trump won. And that's multiple years, not multiple days like we are now after an election when, you know, everything is, is very fresh 
and we still don't even have these legal questions answered. This is two years after the election, and they were still saying Putin was in there turning the knobs and sucking votes away from Hillary Clinton. So don't get on your high horse and explain to us how conspiratorial Republicans are. I think uh, we, we have plenty of evidence. If you want to go back before that, look at the polls on whether George Bush was involved in 9-11. Because you're not going to like those either if you think Republicans are the only conspiracy theorists. Back in a second. Are you trying to buy or sell a home in these times? It's kind of crazy. We've gone through some real estate stuff here over the past uh, couple of months, and it is a hassle. It's a hassle. You have people coming in to see the house. You, you got to do all these extra special things. People are weird right now. They don't they they flake on transactions all the time. You need someone who's on top of a real estate transaction. You need a real estate agent you can trust. If I was just selling a home uh, and it was there were some repairs that needed to be done, I needed a good real estate agent. Thankfully, I have one, uh, someone who knew what uh, how, how to fix the, all the problems that were going on, so I didn't have to deal with it. Not to mention to fix it at a good cost with reliable people. A good real estate agent is tied into the community. They know the best areas. They know how to get the best prices. They know how to get things repaired in the best way possible. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place you can go to find your agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now and get your agent locked in at realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you could think of a person and find, design a person who deserved a raise the least possible amount, who, who would you, is there a person you'd design? I would just go with Andrew Cuomo. I think Andrew Cuomo is the least deserving person of a raise or a paycheck of any person uh, of all time. He's, he's mismanaged uh, his job in, in incredible ways. There is a clip out today, if you go on social media, you can find it, of uh, Andrew Cuomo going crazy, just like unloading on this uh, reporter. I mean, the douchiness is turned up beyond 11. Forget Spinal Tap. He's way past that. It's incredible. This guy is legitimately like one of the worst things that's ever happened to humanity. I, it's about, see him? Look at him. That's exactly, you can see it. You can see it in his face. Watch this clip and tell me you don't believe it. I, I, I can't play it here because I'll go nuts. I will go nuts. This guy does not deserve a dime. He doesn't deserve a book to be sold. He doesn't deserve a poster to be sold. And now he's giving himself a raise, uh, getting a $25,000 raise uh, from Andrew Cuomo. He's going from $225,000 to $250,000, which is uh, one infinity times more money than he's should, you know, he should be getting. Uh, it is amazing. All these uh, you know, officials are getting more money in New York, which is amazing because I don't know. Do they pay by the murder? Is that how that works? Like, I, the more old people you kill in, in nursing homes, I mean, is that do you get a bonus for each one? Because that would actually make me happy because that would actually explain what happened in New York. Why would you approve these policies? Well, maybe he gets a bonus for each old person he kills. Then all of this would make sense. But as of now, it still does not make sense. Let me give you some good news, though, to, uh, to leave you on here. Because we talked about a little bit about the, uh, the vaccine the other day. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, what's, the, what's going on with it? Well, the Pfizer one 
was only partially done. They came out, they said 90% effective, which is really remarkable. And you can't, you can't know for sure if it's going to hold up at those levels. Well, now we have an update from Pfizer. And Pfizer is now saying uh, they're now done with their whole uh, th- their trial here. 95% effective. No serious side effects. Uh, I mean, if this is true, man, this is a game changer. It would be nice. You know, again, we could talk about opening up the economy and wearing masks and all this crap. That's all half measures. And the bottom line is you need to get this out of the way. When it's out of the way, then we can really open up the economy. And imagine how much it will roar when that actually does happen. Uh, I think the only thing they said was a side effect. And it was something like 3% of people, it was like a headache. Uh, yeah, 2 per, the 2% of volunteers reported a headache after the second dose. 3.7% of volunteers reported tiredness after the second dose. So nothing serious on the side effects so far. There's still more to learn. we got to look at the whole data. But again, encouraging signs uh, as we look at uh, Pfizer's um, uh, uh, vaccine. And you know what? You might not feel safe with it now. But imagine if Andrew Cuomo does his special super duper second checkup that he's promising. Then you know it's safe. And you can take that to the bank directly from the guy who gets paid a bonus for every old person he kills. Back in a second. Have you ever bought physical gold? I mean, if you ever have, you know, first of all, a lot of times there's all really high fees associated with it. Second of all, then you've got these kind of gold coins in your possession, which is kind of cool. They're shiny. But what can you do with them unless you get to this worst case scenario that, you know, gold is a great insurance policy for? Um, what are you going to do with gold coins? Eventually you sell them back and then you got to pay those fees all again. Glint has decided to just get rid of this whole process. They're, they're, they don't like it. And they said, hey, what about you get to invest in gold? Um, and we'll hold the gold in Switzerland, which they do in, in a Brinks vault. And it's all FDIC insured and all that stuff. Uh, but then you get a card like this, which you can go and you can actually use your gold if you want to. It's, li- it's liquid. You can go to any store and actually pay for things with gold. It's kind of cool, first of all. And second of all, you get the benefits of the investment in gold without sort of the hassles that go that are associated with it. Uh, GlintPay has been is the first one to really figure this out. GlintPay.com slash stew. G-L-I-N-T pay.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Do you want to put yourself on your own personal uh, gold standard? Think about the, the craziness with inflation that's coming after all this COVID money we're spending. I, look, I think it's a great idea. Glintpay.com slash stew. Glintpay.com slash stew. If you made it this far in the program, I mean, you got to click subscribe to uh, YouTube if you're there. Click like on this video. Uh, also, subscribe to the uh, podcast feed if that's where you happen to be. Make sure to review as well. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. We really appreciate when you review. Uh, also, I want to address something that we did earlier. We kind of did a little Photoshop of Gavin Newsom as the guy from American Psycho. And I uh, just want to say we feel terrible about that. That's why we only did this many more. Um, we have this one. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we have a bunch of them, actually. Uh, maybe we should share these on social media. Oh, yeah, he happens to have an axe. But, I mean, Gavin Newsom probably carries an axe around and, and wears a raincoat. Oh, here he is. He's looking styling there. I mean, this guy, it's basically the same exact person. Uh, and of course, this one, you got to go Gavin Newsom shirtless. 
because I just think people enjoy it uh, quite a bit. Uh, your Nancy Pelosi sucks pens are available. We appreciate you uh, picking those up. Uh, Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. Dot com. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. A limited time. Get them for Christmas. They're great stocking stuffers for people who are actually cool like you. Get them on. <laughs>